0: Welcome back to Strong Style Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Martinez, and we're here today with our Lucha Underground report and our review on a fantastic show, The New Beginning in Nagada from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Usually when we do these shows, Lucha Underground is kind of the main event, but not tonight. We're going to start with Lucha Underground first before we get into the New Japan show. So let's get right to that. And this is Lucha Underground episode 204 entitled Cero Miedo. Uh, which of course is the catchphrase of one Pentagon Jr. Now, the show opens with Eva Lise busting into Katrina's office. Katrina says she should be thankful for Milmueta's mercy from episode 201. <laughs> Eva Lise doesn't think she'd be thankful for anything, but She knows that she wants to match her and her boys against the Disciples for the trio's titles. But Katrina refuses. She says there are no automatic rematches in her temple. She says there is another team that wants a shot. Tonight, her team will face them. Evelise tells Katrina before she leaves, no matter how many obstacles she lays in front of them, they will get their titles back. And one day, she will get her hands on Katrina, and there won't be any mercy. Okay, interesting segment. We switch over to the announcers, where Vampiro is hyped up to see his man Pentagon take out Prince Puma tonight. Then we quickly switch over to my future wife, Melissa Santos, as she introduces our opening contest, which is Evelise. Son of Havoc and Angelico versus the team of Chavo Guerrero Jr. and the crew, Mr. Cisco, and Cortez Castro, who, as we now know, is undercover police officer Reyes. a side note: Eva Lisa's are so damn fine. The outfits he was wearing, Lord have mercy. Anyway, she does uh, well in the match, actually, but gets clocked. Uh, by a right hand, right to the jaw from, uh, Cortez. I still just have trouble seeing that. I'm really trying not to let it bother me, the man or woman violence. But when you see a man just hold off and clock a woman in the jaw like that, it's upsetting. I know it's not real. I know he didn't really hit her. But still, it's just taking me a little time to, I guess, uh, deprogram myself from, uh, Seeing those acts of violence. They get the heat on a son of havoc for a bit, then he makes a hot tag to Angelico, who runs wild, takes out all three guys, and then he and his partners do a triple dive out on the floor on Chavo and the crew. Then Angelico is back in the ring, hits a double foot stomp from the top on Castro, and gets the three count. Two stars, quick but fun. Angelico looked really great here. Afterwards, Chavo and the crew are arguing when Tahano runs in. He has his fist wrapped up in his bull rope, and is coming after Chavo. But Chavo shoves the crew toward them, in which Tahano drops both of them with uh, big right hands wrapped in that bull rope. Then we see Chavo outside the ring talking trash, as. Hano is inside the ring talking trash back at him, and uh we fade out. We return with a video package for Johnny Mundo. He talks about being the biggest star in the company, yet he was in the opening match of Ultima Lucha. It wasn't right, but he stole the show anyway. And he wants the Lucha Underground title, but a big idiot named Cage is in his way. He says he will make the machine obsolete because this is his world. Everyone else is just living in it. This was well done. Uh, Johnny is so much better with these edited video promos than the ones he cuts live. And I kind of like what he said about being in the ultimate match of Ultima Lucha, yet stealing the show. Um, I don't know if he stole the show from Puma and Muertes, but he was definitely at least uh, the second best match of the night. So he had a good point there. Uh, We switch to the locker area, where we see a smarting Cortez Castro icing his shoulder. In walks Joey Ryan. He acts like an ass, saying Cortez can't get the job done, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Castro's had enough and suggests why doesn't he beat his ass. Ryan reminds him, hey, they're on the same side. God, I hate Ryan already. And uh, we go to the ring. And it's Joey Ryan versus the aforementioned Cage. All of a sudden, the announcers talk about Cage like he's a saint. Have we forgotten what he did to Puma last year? Cage is the house of fire early, but it uh, gets cut off. And now Ryan works the arm of Cage. Cage comes back, but misses a moonsault. And uh, so Ryan gets like a spine buster and a couple moves. But Cage comes back again. Hits a pump handle face buster for a two count, then picks him up and hits his new finisher called the Drill Claw, which is a vertical suplex dropped into a power driver. One, two, three, two and a half stars, this wasn't bad. Ryan gave him a pretty good fight here. After the match, Johnny Mundo slides in the ring and spears Cage, but Cage fights back and winds up delivering Weapon X to Mundo. And Cage gets the mic and spouts his catchphrase, which I hate. You know, since when is a cage a machine? Does this Neanderthal even know what a machine is? I'm mean, i it's, I'm sorry. It's like a really bad, bad catchphrase. And I can't believe nobody else calls him on this. Like, your name is Cage. What does that have to, what is a cage have to do with a machine? It's, I don't know. You know, he has a lot of great offensive moves, but overall, I'm just not really a big fan of him. Uh, I don't think he sells that well. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of Cage. Although, some of his maneuvers are devastating. Okay, we switch to an undisclosed location where Rey Mysterio and Dragon Azteca Jr. are training. Rey begins to tell the story of the original Dragon Azteca and Dario. um, Pretty much explaining that... uh, they were working together to unlock the secrets of the the seven uh tribes and what have you, but that Dario became obsessed with the dark side. Now it's Dragon and Sticker Junior's job not to look for revenge, because Dragon and Sticker knew what he was doing when he broke the, the treaty, but his job is to somehow find a way to unite the seven tribes. Also, there was like this comment, that kind of that's glossed over in there, where they made a reference that Matanza is not Dario's brother, but one of the elder gods in the body of Dario's son. Uh, I don't. This story may be going off the rails in a way here. Um, we'll see. Then we got our main event. It's Prince Puma versus Pentagon Jr. And I have to say, up to this point, this was a very underwhelming show. Um, and I'm being nice when I call it underwhelming. But uh, these two guys, the crowd was really hot for Really, probably the two most popular luchadors in the temple. Uh, I didn't take that many notes. As I was just really enjoying this great match. Uh, back and forth they go, hitting nice spots along the way. Puma tries like a Puma Salt but gets drop kicked in midair. Puma escapes the package power driver attempt, uh, then hits a spinning kick and his Northern Lights vertical suplex combo, it's always like. But Pentagon kicks out of that. Puma goes up, 450 splash, but Pentagon has his knees up and cradles him for a two count. Pentagon Jr. is able to hit the package power driver. Pentagon puts him in a surfboard and then drops Puma's back Across the mat His shoulders across the mat The ref counts as both men's shoulders are down But before three Prince uses his Head to arch His shoulders off the mat As the ref counts to three And Pentagon thinks he's one But the match goes to Puma As his shoulders were off the mat um, After Pentagon is pissed He super kicks the ref, Marty Elias But Puma then drops Pentagon with a whirlwind kick Puma is about to break Pentagon's arm, but stops. He whispers something to him and lets him go. This was a great match. Four stars. The crowd helps that, of course. crowd probably gave us another half point because they were so into this match. And uh, does really crisp moves. Uh, Both guys hitting a lot of signature spots. I, I really like both of these guys a lot. I'm wondering if this is... Somewhere going along the line of Pentagon turning face. Um, it seems kind of weird to keep him as a rule breaker when he's easily, um, well, I won't say easily. He's easily in the top two, I would say. Popular guys in the temple. I mean, you could argue who's got more fans, him or Pentagon. I mean, Puma. But I kind of thought for this match, I have to say, it was 55-45 in favor of Pentagon. So he might be the most popular guy in all Lucha Underground. makes sense to maybe turn him face. We'll have to see how it works. Uh, after the credits roll, we see a sexy star running through the hallway. She comes upon Willie Mac, and sees this like completely like exasperated. He asks her who did this to her. She says with much difficulty, "Moth." Mac says he's gonna kill him, but she says, "No, not him." Then points behind Mac, and says, "Her." Mac turns slowly. And all we see is his confused expression, bam, fade to black. That was a great segment right there to close the show. Usually these closing segments have been money. Um, and I loved that one. Um, I got to say, up like I said, up to the Puma Pentagon match, I was like, wow, what's going on this season? But that match and then that little uh, tease at the end, that, that helped his show a lot. Um, better show than last week. But um again before that's before the main event it was kind of bland, but that main event did kick a lot of ass. And uh so we'll be uh interested to see what it was that they were looking at next episode. Hoping it's Melissa Santos. I'm sorry, I take that <laughs> Melissa Anderson, excuse me. I'm hoping that uh she's the one who's playing the Moth sister. Okay, now uh We're going to switch over to our main event, which is the New Beginning in Nagata. Of course, this is the second of the New Beginning shows, the first one in Osaka, which we reviewed on our last episode. This one took place on Valentine's Day, uh, February 14th, 2016. And uh, the Young Bucks and Cody Hall come out for the opening match as they face the team of and Thunder Liger. Tiger Mask, and Captain New Japan. Think I know how this one is going, but hey, maybe, you know, it is a new year, and maybe a new life for the good old Captain. Nah, <laughs> you know that ain't happening. Pretty even tag match. Uh, they are doing the angle where they don't want to tag in Captain New Japan. because, like, it, It's now like the joke that everybody, including the wrestlers, know that he's destined to lose every match. I don't understand this if you know that. Why do you even allow him to be your partner? He does find to get in. and does quite well for a while. He even has the crowd chanting his name. He then misses a top rub splash on that, which made Japanese guest commentator Milano Collection AT, some of you older Japanese fans may remember him uh, from the Dragon Gate days. Uh, he exclaims in English, Oh my God! <laughs> I just found that really funny. Um, they hit a modified version of the Taker with Cody executing the Power Driver while the Bucks jump off the top rope. It's an easy three count. Two stars. It was okay, I guess. The Bucks are always fun, uh, but uh, forgettable. Our next match: Kazushi Sakuraba and Gato face off against Red Dragon. Uh, nice to see Red Dragon is something other than a multiple team tag match. Um, they are the former IWGP junior tag champs and probably had the best run out of anybody in the last couple of years with those belts. And so, you know, we'll see if maybe they're going to get a nice one on one match, which I'd like to see with the champs. But man, watching Saku and O'Reilly uh, do a worked mma ground battle was a joy those of you that don't know sakuraba was in his day maybe the greatest mma star in the world unfortunately he still tries to fight at his age today which is not a great idea but he has become a really great professional wrestler we get a spot where everyone has someone in a sleeper that's like an old spot we've seen over the years. Red Dragon does start to take over the match. They send Sakuraba to the floor. They hit Gator with Chasing the Dragon. One, two, three. Two stars. It was a very quick match, but it was good. I'd love to see Sakuraba versus O'Reilly in a singles bout. That That's something. Or even Bobby Fish. I'd like to see him face either one of them in a singles match. Sometimes in these tag matches, I think Sakuraba is, doesn't put his all in them. Our next match, Matt Seidel and Ricochet, the new IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions, team up with Tenkoji, Hiroyoshi, I should say, Tenzan, and Shatoshi Kojima, and they face the team of Yuji Nagata, Ryusuke Taguchi, Manabu Nakanishi, and David Finley Jr. Very interesting teams here. I like it. Well... Interesting, of course, doesn't mean crisp, and this was a bit sloppy at times. Although, it did derive some pleasure from watching Taguchi get beaten on for a while. Another good sequence from Nagata and Kojima. Wouldn't mind seeing these guys either go one-on-one or team up in a match uh, sometime soon. We got a great sequence from Ricochet and Finley at the the close of this. Uh, Really great sequence. It wasn't very long, but really liked how they worked with each other. But in the end, uh, Seidel hits a Michinoku driver, Ricochet hits the Shooting Star Press on Finley, and they get the win. Two and a half stars, but started out shaky, ended very well. And I think I need to start the David Finley's fan club. I um, just really like the way this guy uh, works. Our next match. Evil and Tetsuya Naito of the Los in Gobernables de Japón, which is the ungovernables of Japan, those non-speaking ears, they team up to face the team of Michael Elgin and Jay White. Now, this kind of speaks to this you know the status of the roster right now. Jay White, who I like, is in the fourth match. When's the last time a young boy was this high in the card? I can't remember. Before the match. We saw Milano giving a fist bump to Naito, and even when it held open the ropes for him. I was wondering if this was a sign of something to come. After a quick start from uh, Team Gaijin, as I'll call them, L.I. take over, but White has a really nice rally and a hot tag to Elgin, who completely dismantles Naito and Evil, um, even hitting a twisting senton on Naito for a near fall. They continue the battle. More good back and forth action. But Jay falls victim to Evil's STO. The three stars. This was a really good match. White didn't look like a rookie here. And Elgin is great. I mean, but more about White is about. He didn't look overwhelmed. He didn't look outclassed at all. He looked like he belonged in the ring with these guys. I mean, yeah, he was low man on the pole. So he's going to be the one who takes the fall. But. I think sometimes, you know, circumstances make you change the way you do think sometimes. And I'm thinking in my head, because of what's going on, maybe they need to start elevating these young boys a little quicker than they usually do. But we'll see. After the match, Naito attacks the referee. Uh, he then looks for another fist bump from Milano. But I guess he isn't happy about, it, about what he did to the ref. And uh, this time, he climbs the fist bump. It's Naito seemed a little puzzled, but doesn't make a big deal about it and walks to the back. So, like I said, not sure if this is going to mean anything with Milano or not, but this this very interesting Naito's interactions with the announcers. He also got into another little shouting thing with Nogami, where he's screaming los, and Nogami's screaming back justice. So, again... More tease of this Yuji uh, Nagata feud coming. Our next match is for the IWGP six-man tag team titles, which just changed hands on our last show. But here's the rematch as the Buddha Club get their rematch against the Briscoes and Toruiano. I'm sorry, the Buddha Club are giving a rematch to the Briscoes and Toruiano. The former tag, former champs, wow, I'm tongue-tied today, the former champions attack before the bell. Much like last show, it seems like Yano gets beat up a lot while the Briscoes are not in, but then the Briscoe's come in and seem to take control. Jay seems a little more involved tonight in, in the show, as is the crowd by the way, much better crowd already than uh, last uh, show. And it's like that pretty much to the end when a low blow and a small package by Yano pretty much out of nowhere win the titles back two stars, the crowd was better, but still a very bland match to me. I don't know, I'm starting to think Yano's gimmick is getting a bit stale, possibly. I'm not really sure. So much for Tamatanga's title reign. Three days. Uh, But uh, there is more stuff to come about Tamatanga later in the show, and we'll get to that. After an intermission... Uh, we come back, and this is where the show really, really started to pick up. Our first match, Hiroki Goto, Katsuyori Shibata, and Juice Robinson team up to face the chaos team of Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Kajusuka Okada, of course, the IWGP heavyweight champion. Now, last show, Okada offered Goto a spot in chaos. Wonder if we're gonna see anything transpire from that here. Okada starts the match and calls with Godo to face him, which got a huge reaction from this hot crowd. Okada offers Godo a handshake right at the start, which Goto refuses with a stern scowl. And I have to say this is one of the more intriguing storylines in New Japan for a while for me, this whole uh you know what, what's happening with Godo and Chaos uh, Something something interesting, and um, not hot-shining it, letting it play out. I'm enjoying it. Um, everyone gets in and has their moments, including Juice, who, um, like I said, uh, his offense is better. I just don't like his, you know, his spastic over, over cheering what have you. I just find it off-putting. Uh, but they get the heat on the. Chaos is that it gets to heal Godo for an extended period of time. I mean, he's taken pretty much a beating. Then Shibata runs in to break up a pin. But before he leaves, he kicks Godo right in the small of the back, yelling at him to get going. Now, I've seen Shibata do this before, and I've talked about this. To me, his character is that of an asshole. Yeah, he's a fan favorite, but he's kind of a jerk. Um, it's why I've never been a huge fan of his, despite his skill. The look on Goro's face when Shibata kicked him was fantastic. I pretty much can already see where I think this is going. Uh, match continues, and we see Goro sitting on the floor outside with this great facial expression. Almost as he, if he seems to be weighing something heavy on his mind, and not the match. Uh, but inside the ring, uh, Shibata and Ishi have another fantastic exchange. Juice gets in and has a pretty good sequence with Okada. I'm um, twice getting near falls on the ace of New Japan, but Okada hits his reverse neckbreaker, a flying elbow, and goes for the rainmaker. But Goto runs in and stops it from happening. Okada dismisses Goto with a drop kick and nails Juice with the rainmaker. Anyway, one, two, three. Three and a half stars, Um, not just for the technical match itself, but the superb booking in this. This is a great job by whoever the agent was for this match. I just thought it told a great story, and I'm really enjoying how they're playing out this whole angle with Goto and Okada. And uh, what I also enjoyed about it was it really helped to give a little bit of rubbed juice even in losing. And... I think it sets the stage for an eventual Goto turn that I think might be coming after the match. Once again, to continue this storyline, Goto offers, uh, I should say Okada, offers his hand to Goto, who pauses, but then walks away, and we see Shibata was intently watching as this was going on. Kata grabs the mic and again makes the offer to uh, join Chaos as Godo's walking to the back. He stops, um, looks back at Okada, and then turns and walks back again to the thing. So they're definitely showing this as Godo is, you know, he's torn. You know, should he join Chaos? You know, you know things haven't been going his way. Maybe this is a way to change his fortune. So, you know, but you're doing all this... Without being told this, you're doing all this with gestures, with offered handshakes, and facial expressions, and body language. This is the beauty when professional wrestling is done the right way. And I'm not here to start bashing other more popular companies, but I'm sure you know who they are. Our next match is for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. As Kushida defends that title against Bushi, uh, also of the Los Ingobernables group, I have been eagerly awaiting this match. I had a nice video package before the introductions. Match starts out nicely. Kushida hits his patented basement drop kick. Uh, then we see Night on Evil make their way ringside. Doesn't take them long to get involved. Using chairs to, uh, you know, damage Kushida. Kushida barely beats the count back into the ring. Bushi is now in total control, but using underhanded tactics all the way. Kushida does rally back and hits a counter. A uh, actually, he counters a code breaker into an arm submission. But Naito gets in the ring to distract the ref. Kushida went to taking him out with a handstand double kick. But the ref gets hit too, which takes him out. This gives evil the chance to enter the ring, but Kushida dispatches him too. He goes for a springboard dive, but Butchi catches him with the green mist. Then nails a suicida dive on Kushida out on the floor. Kushida, basically, you know, partly blind, but is fighting back, including hitting the Masahiro Tanaka, but he acted like he hurt his hand on that spot. Watching him closely, I think he may have dislocated a finger on it. Tries to rip off Bushi's mask. Does tear it a little, but uh, doesn't come off. They go back at it. Catches uh, Bushi catches Kushida with a Yano-type low blow. Then distracts the ref and spits red mist in Kushida's eyes. Rolls him up into a backslide cradle. One, two, no! The crowd really thought that was the finish and cheered with the joy to be wrong. He uh, that's Bushi now. Goes up to deliver his finisher, the MX, which is a diving double knee face breaker, You know, a diving cold breaker basically. He hits it. He covers, but Kushida kicks out again. The fans are loving it, Bushi. Goes up top, uh, I guess looking for another one, but as he comes off, Kushida catches him with his own code breaker. Uh, Both men are down. Kushida is now fired up, but Evil grabs his legs and drags him out the ring. Crowd is not happy about that, neither was I. Um, There's a lot of interference in this match. But here comes Taguchi with a flying kick out of nowhere to drop Evil. Naito's on the apron, but Kushida kicks him to the floor while applying his Komura on Bushi. Um, Naito and Ivo are trying to get back in, but Taguchi and Jay White, and I think somebody else, you know, are, who are guys who have been constantly abused by L.I., grab them by the legs and stopped them from entering, and Bushi finally taps out. Three and a half stars, great match, high drama. Not as good as Kushida's match with Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom, but very good. Kushida is elated, and uh, thanks Taguchi and Jay White for their help. Uh, this was a good moment. Um, I, I, I just really felt that as I was watching this. It's, this was a very feel-good moment for the crowd. It was very happy. You know, sometimes you know bad guys can't always win. Sometimes the good guys have to win, and it was good to see that happen here. The next match is for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship as Great Bash heel, which is Togi Makabe and Tomoaki Hanma, the champions, face former champions, Buddha Club members Doc Gallows and the Machine Gun Carl Anderson. So I was wondering if this was Anderson and Gallows' swan song from New Japan here. Early on, Buddha Club injures the arm of Hanma, which becomes their focus for pretty much the match afterwards. But the champs do rally back with Hama hitting a blockbuster on Anderson. Anderson hits a TKO on Hama though for a two count. Gallows delivers a sit out power bomb on Hama. Then Anderson breaks out bloody Sunday. Which the crowd pop for. One, two, no. Hama is still in this. Makabe saves Hama from the magic killer. He then gets his partner in the corner. And starts slapping him in the chest to fire him up. Now, I know I'm going to hear comparisons to what Shibata did earlier, but I don't buy it. Hama's a different type of dude. Um, you know this will fire him up. What Shibata did, kicking the hell out of Gota in the middle of the back when he was getting the crap beat out of him. I just didn't find that cool at all. They do grab Kyle, and they hit the Kokechi device. Then, a King Kong knee drop from Makabe as the crowd is really going crazy. Hama climbs up. Nails the top rope Kokechi. One, two, three. Pop of the night so far. Three stars. Great job here. Um, After the match, Tamatanga steps in the ring. He challenges Hanuma Makabe for the tag titles. He says his partner will be the newest member of the Bullet Club. And when he gets in that ring, they will destroy them. Okay. I really like Tama, but that promo was painful. Believe me, <laughs> it was a really bad promo. Uh, still, I am very curious on who the newest member of Bullet Club is. Now, I know Will Osprey is signed and is coming, but I'm not sure it's him. So stay tuned to find out uh, who's going to be the new member of Bullet Club. After the match, uh, Gallows and Anderson do step back in the ring and give a bow to the crowd. So to me, I guess that signifies this is indeed goodbye. Uh, Good luck, YouTube. You're probably going to need it. And now it's time for our main event of the show. It's Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the cleaner, Kenny Omega. And it's for the vacant Intercontinental Championship. Of course, vacated by Shinsuke Nakamura when he signed with WWE. I really didn't know who would win this going in. I thought, Tanahashi, before that beatdown that happened in Osaka, which made me doubt that. As Tanahashi comes to the ring, his shoulder is very badly taped up. Uh, Takahashi and Cody Hall are ringside. They try to get involved, but Omega stops them and tells them he needs to do this on his own and sends them to the back. Okay, so this is BS. I mean, he just used all the Bullet Club three days before to injure Tanahashi. So, as I was watching this, I said to myself, I smell a rat, or is this the beginning of Mega's departure from the group, where it's not so much that Mega's not a villain, who does, doesn't want to be part of the group. And we will get our answer. Um, this show, this has so many layers to it, really. There's so many little small storylines going on, which I love. Tanahashi winds up doing a few of Nakamura's spots, Nakamura's spots which I thought was interesting. This what really he says so much on how this company misses him, just from that. Um, I mean, Tanahashi was the ace, Okada the future, but it was Nakamura that was the heart of New Japan. The match continues, Omega begins to go after the shoulder of Takahashi. He winds up suplexing Tanahashi into the ringside chairs, then picks up a fan's silver Los Ingobernables mask and puts it on before doing a springboard moonsault off the metal gate onto Tanahashi. Back into the ring, Omega winds up ripping off the bandaging on Tanahashi's shoulder. Omega starts breaking out some innovative submission holds, very nice stuff. Um, Tanahashi tries to rally, but he seems visibly hampered by the bad arm. Kenny, though, appears to have sustained a knee injury, which now puts him at reduced capabilities. Uh, Tanahashi winds up hitting the high fly flow out on the floor. Both men are down and hurt. Really a uh, great selling by both guys. Tanahashi on the shoulder and Omega are selling that knee like, uh, like it's completely destroyed. Tanahashi gets him back in the ring and does apply a Texas Cloverleaf. Omega looks ready to tap when Cody Hall runs down. Red Shoes, the ref, chases him out and is up the aisle arguing with him. Then from under the ring emerged the Young Bucks. They come in the ring, hit a double super kick on Tanahashi, um, putting him down. I think they also baked brownies uh, as they you know, took their time and then went up and hit an indie taker on him. All this time, Red Shoes still arguing up the aisle. You know, sorry, but this stretches my limits of suspending disbelief. I mean, come on, how long are you going to stay there talking to Cody Hall while I matches a huge main event title match is going on? Red Shoes finally returns as Omega delivers a Styles Clash to Tanahashi, and it's one, two, no! How'd he kick out of all that? Kenny goes for the running knee, but misses. Tana hits a release dragon suplex. They continue the battle when Kenny hits a sickening reverse Frankensteiner. Tanahashi that lands right on his head. He goes for the one-winged angel, but Tana counters it to his own reverse Frankensteiner. Then a bridging x or the straight jacket suplex, some call it, by Hiroshi for a near fall. The crowd, which has been hot all night, is really into it now. Young Bucks decide to get involved again. A trash can is handed to Omega. He hurls that Tanahasi who ducks and it hits Red Shoes right in the spine. That's what he gets while he's having his back to the action. Uh Bucks are now back in as they look to repeat the garbage can under the arm spot from Osaka. To the rescue runs Michael Elgin. He takes out the young bucks. Uh Tanahasi slams Omega from the top onto the trash can, hits a single blade. For a two count. Meanwhile, Elgin is carrying the Young Bucks back to the uh, dressing room. High fly flow to a standing Kenny. Tanahasi then goes up again as the crowd is in a frenzy at this point. But this time the pool is empty for the high fly flow. Two knee strikes and a cradle, but Tanahasi rolls through the pin to stay in this match. But Omega hits another knee strike. Then connects on the one-ringed angel, and it's one, two, three. Wow, what an incredible match. I gave it four and a half stars, and the only thing that hurt it was the overbooking of interference. But, I mean, this was an incredible, incredibly booked match. The crowd completely stunned. I, I, don't, I don't want to say stunned like an Undertaker losing at WrestleMania stunned, but as close to it maybe as I've seen. To add insult to injury, Omega cuts a promo on how Tanahashi is not their Valentine. He is, in fact, their Valentine, and they have to love him, and he's their god. And then he starts talking about how he can wrestle, he can talk, and he can sing. It starts singing some song about skin tight jeans. <laughs> the crowd didn't know how to react. I think they were in shock. Just incredible. There is some streamers, as Omega's leaving, blow up and land into the ring. Kenny sees this, runs back to the ring, picks up his broom, starts sweeping the ring, doing the cleaner gimmick. I mean, then uses the broom to do a parody of Tanahasi's air guitar gimmick. But when he does the jumping, I don't know what you call it, I'm not a rock guy, but you know, that jumping move with the guitar and lands, he falls down from the injured knee as he grabs the knee that's supposedly injured. So even post-match, he's still sewing the knee. I love Kenny Omega right now. Overall, the show was significantly better than the Osaka show. I mean, it had a better undercard and a better main event. The semi-mains, you know, maybe very close or even better in Osaka. But better main event and a better first half of the show make this, to me, the better show. Plus, there were a ton of things uh, to discuss afterwards. Um, just some of them. Oh, where does Tanahashi go from here? How badly injured is that arm? Is Goto joining Chaos? Is there an ulterior motive behind Okada's invitation? And who will be joining Yuji Nagata if there is a feud coming with Los Ingobernables? You know, Team Justice or Blue Justice, however you want to call it. It's only Yuji. Is he getting new members? And last but not least, who is the new Bullet Club member? A lot of stuff to take in. You got to give Gato credit. He didn't feel sorry for himself with what's been happening and booked the hell out of this show. And uh, you know, I, I'm very excited to see what comes next, you know, uh, from New Japan. You know, I know there are a lot of people who feel that this exodus of talent from New Japan was going to really hurt this company. And while... AJ and Nakamura and Gallows and Anderson. Those are big names and they're going to be missed. I don't think this is the end of New Japan. I never did that. I I thought it was a bad move for Nakamura. But he's going to do and try his best and good luck to him. But I don't think this will cripple New Japan at all. I think New Japan is doing great. I think they'll continue to do great. um, Because it's been great since Gato took over the book. And he's still booking. And a great booker gets the most out of the talent that he has. And if you look at what happened with Kenny Omega, isn't that pretty much what he just did? And right now, um, you know, like you see those memes on Facebook, keep calm. Well, I say to New Japan fans, uh, keep calm and trust in Gator. uh, Because that's what I'm going to do. And that's our show. And I hope you uh, enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed our review on the New Beginnings, as well as Lucha Underground. And uh, we will be back uh, next week with another Lucha Underground report. As well as coming up soon, I'm not sure when I'll be able to see them. But they are also going to be doing the New Japan Ring of Honor joint shows. I will be reviewing those. Uh, Some very interesting matchups on those shows. So um, I'm definitely going to watch those shows, and I'll review those for you on the podcast. So, you know, keep look out for those shows to come up. And also, I'm going to throw a little plug. If you guys, and if you're listening to this, you like Japanese professional wrestling, and if you like Asian movies, uh, you know, uh, I have another podcast called Asian Cinema Fusion, and you can Google that. Um, it's on iTunes, or it's on Blogspot. Or just Google it, you it'll come up. And um, it's basically my reviews of uh, different Asian films from different countries. Um, not just new films, I review older films as well. And uh, all different types of films from all different types of Asian countries, including India and uh, you know Indonesia and the Philippines or what have you. So if uh, you're into that, if you're into Asian films, this is kind of a, a show for people who like Asian films, but don't know how to sort through the hundreds of them that come out every year, into which are the ones to actually watch. So my hope is that my show is a little bit of a guide on what films you should check out or should uh, skip. So like I said, if you're into that, check it out. I appreciate it. But until we're back on this show, which should be in about a week, as always, thank you and bye-bye.